So I'm going to add my thanks to Kelly and to all those who work with our children's ministry. And I want to encourage you all to, to share those videos that they've been doing, the lessons and the activities. It's just a great way to share the gospel and, and Harrison Church with others. You know, when I was in the second grade, I was invited to a birthday party by a, a little boy in my classroom. He had invited the whole class, but the little girls in the classroom decided that we didn't want to go. So I promptly went home and, and told my mother that I wasn't going to go to that birthday party, even though it was at the Western Sizzlin, which in Dalton, Georgia at that time was a big deal. I'm not going to that party, Mama. None of the other girls are going. I'm not going. Yeah, you are going, she said. And you're going to wear a dress. And that's exactly what happened. She put a dress on me, took me to the Western Sizzlin, and there I was, a room full of boys and one other little girl whose mother made her go and wear a dress. Thank goodness. It's the birthday of the church. It's why I'm all dressed up today. It's the birthday, and we are here to celebrate the coming of the Holy Spirit and, and how it is God's Spirit empowers us. And in just a few moments, I'm going to read the, the classic Acts account of Pentecost. But I'm also going to use some of the Old Testament references, some of the references of the Holy Spirit in the Hebrew Bible. And to be sure, when Christians read what we call the Old Testament, we read it through the lens of a Trinitarian God. We recognize God's Spirit in those words and those books and passages. And so I think it's so important, especially right now for Pentecost 2020, for us to consider some of how the Holy Spirit acted in the lives of the people of God even before Pentecost. So hear now the word of the Lord. Hear now this word from Pentecost of the Pentecost story, Acts chapter 2. When the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place, and suddenly from heaven came a sound like the rush of a violent wind, and it filled the house where they were sitting. And divided tongues of fire appeared among them, and a tongue rested on each of them, and all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit, and began to speak in languages as the Spirit gave them ability." Now there were devout Jews from every nation under heaven there in Jerusalem. And at the sound, the crowd gathered and was bewildered because each of them heard the speaking in a native language of their own. Amazed and astonished, they asked, are all, are all these men not Galileans? And how is it that we hear each of us in our own language? And going to verse 12, all were amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, what does this mean? But others sneered and said, they are filled with new wine. But Peter, standing with the eleven, raised his voice and addressed them, men of Judea and all who live in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and listen to what I say. Indeed, these are not drunk, as you would suppose, for it's only nine o'clock in the morning. No, this is what was spoken through the prophet Joel. In the last days it will be, God declares, that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams." Even upon slaves, both men and women in those days, I will pour out my spirit and they will prophesy. And I will show portents in heaven above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and smoky mist. The sun shall be turned to darkness 
the moon to blood before the coming of the Lord's great and glorious day that everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Amen. The word of God for the people of God. 上帝的语录给上帝的追寻者，美国加油。La parole de Dieu pour le peuple de Dieu. Esta es la palabra de Dios para el pueblo de Dios. Gracias a Dios. A year ago today, my husband turned 50. Now, I'm not sure why 50 is a big deal, but it is. There are special cards and special streamers and special decorations. A special party just has to be organized. Nowadays, they're putting special signs in front yards, and, and there's just a lot of pressure. And I didn't take too well to that pressure. I'm not a party planner. But there he was, 50. And so I had to do something to celebrate that milestone. Now, today is not only Jonathan's birthday. He's 51 today. And thank goodness there's nothing special I'm supposed to do for 51, because as I said, I'm not a party planner. But more importantly, and don't tell Jonathan I said that, but more importantly, it is the birthday of the church. It is the coming of the Holy Spirit where God descends upon those who had gathered in Jerusalem and appeared to them, calling them to be one, honoring the distinctions among them and yet knowing that through them the world would be changed. And this classic text from, from Acts just describes it perfectly. And what is so key to this scripture is for all of us to feel the power of what is going on. There is power in, in what the Spirit brings to our lives. Just hear these first words. And suddenly from heaven there came a sound like the rush of a violent wind. This is no tropical breeze. This is no sweet breeze blowing here and there among the trees softly. No, it filled the entire house where they were sitting. Some translations say that it shook the house. It's power of the Spirit. And following that, tongues of fire descended upon those who had gathered, and they began to proclaim the gospel in a way that all who were there could understand. That's power. The place lit up with the flame of the Holy Spirit. You know, I think sometimes the biggest threat to the church is when we try to domesticate God's Spirit, it can't be done. And yet we try. We do not control the Spirit. We do not make it a safe, gentle wind. We do not tame the flame. No, instead, we are those who are to be surrounded and engulfed by that power. You know, the spirit, spirit descended not to come down to our level, but rather to bring us up to God's level and to be part of God's purpose in the world. The Spirit came down empowering all who had gathered to be part of what God wants to do in the world then and now. And I think it's so important for us, at least this Pentecost, to consider how it is the Spirit has worked through the people of God for millennia. I want to go back generations and generations for us to consider what it is that the Spirit does and how it is the Spirit acts in the world, all the way back to Genesis. God's Spirit, God's wind, the wind of God swept over the dark waters and began to create life on earth, that's power. 
and God's spirit breathed life into man and woman. God's spirit animated us is the word in Hebrew. God's spirit animates us, giving us life and breath. That's power. The spirit of God is a creative force from the very beginning. And then again, we see the Spirit of God coming to the people of God as they were in exile, taken away from all that they knew, taken away from the land that they had, prom- had been promised to them, taken away by a foreign power, taken into exile where they were suffering, where they were distressed and where they were bewildered. And in Isaiah 11, we hear that God's spirit descended upon them. And and Isaiah prophesied that even in the most desperate of times, a spirit of wisdom and understanding would be upon the people. A spirit of counsel and might, a spirit of power, internal that would radiate external. This, This is the power of the Holy Spirit And then in our text today, we read where Peter cites the prophet Joel speaking again of the power of God as it has been visited upon God's people, calling the sons and the daughters to prophesy, calling the sons and the daughters, the old and the young, the slave and the free, to see visions, to dream dreams, to be part of what the Spirit is calling us to do in this world. That is a power far beyond ourselves, and we can't tame it, we can't domesticate it, although we try. We like to be in charge, and yet that's not the way this spirit works. We would not have the same creative force if it was left up to us. And we certainly would not have the same wisdom and understanding if it was left up to us. We certainly would not have the same empowerment, the new life, salvation, and vision for what the church is called to do if it were left solely up to us. God is so other. And yet again, the Spirit comes down to lift us up and to make it possible for us to be part of what God is doing in this world. Now, who other than God could imagine Pentecost 2020? Who other than God would know that the people of God are are scattered here and there? Who knew other than God we would pre-record messages for you all to be a part of worship in your homes? That spirit that animates our lives, that spirit that longs to bring God's people together. And it's important that we meet together, that we worship together. That's how we've done it. And yet that spirit is also present in our homes. That spirit, that anima in our lives connecting us one to another, even when we are far from this place. And so God's spirit has come down in ways that we never could have imagined. Again, not to be tamed by this world, but rather to lift believers up for a witness and for a purpose and for a calling so that we can be part of what God still has yet to do in this world. Who could have imagined that Pentecost 2020 would find our very worship being tossed about like a political football? I can't stand it. This is not left or right. This is the world trying to take power over. No one dictates worship here or in our homes other than God's spirit. 
And I'm not trying to make an argument that's political. I'm trying to bring us back to what is faithful. This message is of God and there's no other power or authority that can ride over it. And because I think that worship has become such a hot topic that that God perhaps again wants to use us to call people back to faithfulness. It is not of any other entity. The spirit is of the church because the church was born of the spirit. And God came down to enliven us, not to separate ourselves or or to condemn the world as John 3, 17 says, but rather God's spirit came down so that we could continue to be the blessing to the world around us. And it does not happen if we subject ourselves to worldly power or political conversations. That's not it at all. Let us not dare to think that it is. One of my professors, Stanley Harawas, he is retired now, but he was a professor of Christian ethics at Duke Divinity School. And he had a quote this week addressing this time where there's this wrestling between the political powers saying, who has charge over the church? No one does, but other than the Holy Spirit. But Harawas put it this way, and I think it is so important for our times. Harawas said this. He said, you know you're in trouble. And he's speaking to the church. He says, you know you're in trouble when the state tells you that you are performing a vital function. Think about it. You know you're in trouble when the state tells you that you, that we are performing a vital function. That's not for the state to say. We perform a vital function because we are of God and with God and empowered by God. We dream dreams and we have visions because God has said that it was so. There might be benefits to the culture at large, but let us not turn authority over. First, we can't. We just opt out. What we are called to do and to be about is is of God. Is of God. And decisions we make about church will be governed solely by the great commandment of Jesus Christ. How is it that we love our neighbors? Now, Pentecost 2020 and perhaps a month or two beyond. How is it that we love our neighbors, our great commandment from Christ and no other authority at a distance? How is it that we love our neighbors wear a mask? It's not a political statement. It's a statement of love and care, not for self-protection, but rather for a protection of those around us. Take back the conversation, people of God. This is about love for us. Decisions that we make as a church as to when we shall open up our doors and all be together again. And I I can't wait for that to happen, but I will. Because our decisions are made theologically and, and we turn to John Wesley, the beginner of the Methodist movement. And we remember just those three simple rules that Wesley offered up to the people called Methodist. The first one, first rule, the first theological idea for the people of God called Methodists, those empowered and equipped and called together by the Holy Spirit, the first rule is do no harm. Do no harm. Do not turn over the conversation to political authority. They have no power over the church. 
Do not turn over the conversation to anyone who acts out of the great commandment of Christ. That's where we take our governance. Do not turn over the conversation to anyone who says that doing harm to our neighbor, our brothers or sisters might just be a byproduct. Collateral damage. People of God, you know you're in trouble when the state tells you that you are performing a vital function and you are sucked in trying to please the state rather than please God. And we are sucked in trying to please the culture and blend in rather than being the distinct people of God, blessed, spoken to, the recipients of gospel so that the world may be saved. And if we give that responsibility over to anyone else or if we subject ourselves to any other priority, then we miss out on the power of God. And that's what Pentecost is about. The power of God here and now for us gathered, for us scattered, perhaps in in some sort of modern exile. Spirit of God for us gathered and scattered. The Spirit of God that even when we meet together in this building must go forth to the mission field in our neighborhoods, in our schools, at our jobs, and wherever it is God's people find themselves. That's the power of God descended from heaven at Pentecost, speaking to those in their own language so that they can return to their everyday life, to the world around them where they too could be part of what God is doing in this world. It is of God. You know, I love this. The the very first opinion people had of the church, did you catch it? The very first opinion that outsiders had of the church, this is good, the very first thought of those who had received the Holy Spirit is that they were drunk. Isn't that great? The very first opinion is that these people of God were strange and perhaps even at nine in the morning they were drunk because the Spirit had affected them so deeply. Peter corrected that. It's not of the culture to say who we are. It's not of the culture to label our behavior. Peter said, no, Jerusalem, these people have been visited by the Holy Spirit. These people have been claimed and equipped and empowered by the Holy Spirit. They're not drunk. It's just the morning. Let's correct the perception of Christians sometimes. Part of our call is to correct the impression that people have oftentimes of church. That's part of the responsibility of those who've been claimed by the Holy Spirit. Save God, it's not happening. The God who is a creative force from the beginning of time, sweeping over the dark waters, breathing into us the breath of life. That kind of power is the power that God gives us. And the spirit of God that is wisdom, don't find that many other places, the spirit of God that is wisdom and understanding and counsel and might, that is ours to share with others. It's the biblical story. And the spirit of God as God descends upon God's people, equipping us to dream dreams and to have visions, to know that even in our day, as strange as Pentecost 2020 is, that we have a role And a message for the world around us, not to be of it, but to be part of transforming up the world. Nothing less. And only that by the power of God's Spirit. May it be so at Harrison Church.
May it be so with our Christian brothers and sisters around the world. May it be so not by our own might, but by our faithfulness to what this Holy Spirit wants to do in and through us. What a gift. What a gift. Happy birthday. Be faithful. Welcome the Spirit and let it transform your lives, my life, so that we together may be part of God's transformation of this world. Amen. And let us pray. Again, dear Lord, we celebrate the coming of your Holy Spirit and all that is to mean in our lives. Help it to be so. Indeed, O Lord, your spirit has arrived and is arriving and will arrive tomorrow and the day after and the day after. God, help us to be so touched by that wind that can shake us to our core. And help us to be so touched by those tongues of fire that would refine our souls. Help us to be claimed and sent forth in your name. And now let us join together, each in the language of our birth, praying. Doa Bapa kami, Bapa kami yang ada di surga, dikuduskanlah namamu, datanglah kerajaanmu, jadilah kendakmu di bumi seperti di surga. Berikan kami pada hari ini makanan kami yang secukupnya, dan ampunilah akan kesalahan kami seperti kami juga mengampuni orang yang bersalah kepada kami. Dan janganlah membawa kami ke dalam percobaan, tetapi lepaskanlah kami daripada yang jahat. Karena engkau lah yang mempunyai kerajaan dan kekuasaan dan kemuliaan sampai selama-lamanya. Amin. Indeed, people of God, the Holy Spirit is here and there and everywhere. No temporal power has a say over it. The people of God have a call to live into it, by it and through it, to be a blessing to this world, to stake our claim that we're the church, saved by grace and here to be part of what God wants to do in this world. Go forth knowing that you have this power. Amen. <laughs>